Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to the new series of Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kerry Kermode. Last week I popped along to Bollocalingen in Lazare to catch up with the school children there. I spoke to Craig Brinkley, who's opening his garden in a couple of weeks' time to raise money for charity. Well, firstly, Kerry, uh, how has it been? It's uh, been a little been nice weather, but the ground's fairly hard. It is yeah. indeed, Simon. It is very dry out there underfoot and uh, grass growth has been slow and after a long spring and a struggle to get the first cut silage, some of the boys have been back out again getting the second cut. But like you say, it is dry and um, not much regrown very quickly. Yeah, and it's nice to see a, a bit of variation uh, this year. You know, I've been seeing uh, silage trailers out. I've seen uh, the, the haylage done and the, the round bales done and some square ones as well, which are handy for the horse people, aren't they? Oh, they really yeah. are. And for the sheep uh, pens as well at lamb and time. Always handy, but a lot of hard work goes into getting those small square bales. And, and I bet you remember as a young fella there, hoiking on the strings and they're cutting into your hands. Oh, and yeah, on the sled. Loading them one the at a time. On the sledge behind the baler. Oh, be, right. Yeah. Oh, that's a been, fancy been, one for you. Yeah, I've been hit on the tailgate, on the head by the tailgate many times. <laughs> but anyway, um, there's some changes in line for the agricultural world involving the Wildlife Trust. Absolutely. Uh, now the Department of Agriculture have moved away from uh, the single farm payment being uh, tied to the land, etc. It's now more environmentally friendly. And um, I caught up with Brian and Fiona Brumby at Bala Kalingen that were actually getting involved with part of the new agri-environment scheme in the form of having children there for educational purposes. And also leading that day was David Bellamy from the Manx Wildlife Trust. And I asked him how it was going. So what we've got today, Kiri, we have got uh, Gweg School here. They've brought 60 children. And this is the third day that we've been delivering educational visits as part of the new agri-environment scheme here at Silly Moose Campsite or Balakilligan Farm. Uh, and this is a really special moment because obviously the agri-environment scheme is a new thing for Manx farmers and uh, farmer Brian and farmer Fiona as they're known as today are <laughs> as far as I'm aware the, the very first farmers on the Isle of Man who are delivering this new environmental uh, scheme in terms of the uh, the educational visits side of things and it's been really successful over the last couple of days and that is a huge undertaking um, Brian and Fiona Brumby are a very well-known farming family and had so much success with agriculture so this is quite a new thing for them yeah absolutely uh, so we've had 180 children from four different island primary schools so it, it's, it's been so <laughs> so rewarding um, to show them around and, and what we're doing um, is Fiona is showing them about agriculture and showing them how uh, milk is produced and how uh, flour is produced etc Brian is taking them on a, a safari tour around the farm and this is a beautiful really extensive farm here on the northern plain and they're doing that on, a, on an open top trailer towed by a tractor and then what I'm doing is I'm taking the children round the barns, round the woodland, round the pastures and round some of the wildlife areas that Brian and Fiona have created and looking at some of our Manx farmland wildlife. And it's really exciting because the, the agri-environment scheme is, is new for the island and this one is being rolled out to all island farms and this is something that we hope all island man farms will engage with. And like you've just said there, not everybody could do this though David you know how how many farms could this happen if the five or six decide oh we'll do this is there is there enough 
call for it? So, uh, as I said, we've had four primary schools here, and I think we've got well over 30 primary schools on the island, and then, of course, we've got a load of children in secondary education too. Um, and th this educational visits can also be used for um, primary and secondary children who are in other groups like the Cubs and the Scouts. Uh, so there's loads of potential. Um, we, we've only really scratched the surface of, uh, of Manx school children, um, of the number of Manx school children today. Uh, but a key thing is uh, uh, Fiona and Brian here have got a really good setup um, and they've chosen a perfect time of year because all of their barns are empty right now. The animals are outside. So we've got this indoor area, which is great in case we get rain and they've got good facilities. Because they've, they've got the campsite, they've got the toilets, uh, they've, they've got um, hand washing areas. So it, it's, it's a perfect setup. So it probably won't work for every farm, but they could go for really small groups as well. There's no one to say how big a group has to be. Uh, and if you don't have like, all the facilities we've got here, you can go for secondary education for older older children. And how have you found the children? How has their response been to all of this new adventure? Well, they've been really excited. And I think, of course, the, the last year we've had with lockdown, a lot of children have been stuck inside endlessly. They've just been playing on their phones or computers. So that they're really excited to get out of the classroom. And they're, they're just amazed to see some of the nature here. And this week has been really good because we've got nesting swallows in the barn and the kids have been able to go right safely up to the nest and see the little chicks looking at them and some of them have never had this experience and do you find that manx children we're very lucky here on the isle of man it is a beautiful island but are you still finding children haven't had the exposure yeah we, we really are so one of the children asked me yesterday where do the cows drink their milk uh, and this is exactly the sort of thing that we're trying to address because um, a lot of Manx children are totally detached from nature and from farming and they've got no idea where their food is coming from. And that's why I think that this new scheme is really good for you know, redressing that and teaching the children about their landscape, about their wildlife and really importantly about where their food is coming from and just the amount of work that goes into it. And like you say, that's really, really quite shocking for a small island like ours where countryside is on our doorstep it does make you wonder about some of these bigger cities across the uk yeah it, it really does but we're just so fortunate and i think the last 18 months have really just reinforced how fortunate we are here on the isle of man and you've grown up yourself david been active in the countryside this is your love yeah it is yes yeah, so i was born and bred in london um, and i spent all of my time outside messing about and i was really fortunate i was just at that age where it was before computers and game consoles were, were a really big thing uh, so so as a nation we have got a, a problem i think that how do we get the children back out into the countryside and i We've also, you know, that, that problem's compounded by a lot of uh, the parents of these children didn't go outside and, and play and explore when they were children themselves. So, so hopefully something like this will, will start to, to, to rebalance that, that equation. And from your point of view, from the, the Manx Wildlife Trust, how do you see the, the new agri-environment handbook? So we're really excited about the scheme. So the, the this new scheme is excellent. We have, of course, had a pilot agri-environment scheme before, but that was very limited in scope, and unfortunately the funding was withdrawn from that. But what's excellent about this new scheme is it's applicable to all 341 active farmers on the Isle of Man. Um, and it's got a million pounds worth of budget for this year alone, and we, that, that budget will, will, will stay and hopefully increase in the future. And when we look overseas, when we look at what's happening in the UK, certainly in England with the, the rollout of ELMS, we know that agri-environment schemes are here to stay, and this is the way that farming support will look in the future. So the Isle of Man is tackling this right at the perfect time. 
And like you said earlier, having uh, Brian and Fiona have host this really, really special week anyway, um, they are doing something that they can earn money at. Yes, so this new scheme is all about delivering public goods for public money. Uh, and, and this is a really exciting scheme. This is working for the schools, this is working for the, this specific farm, and it's really working for the, the Manx Nation. It, it is part of our a wider education piece. And um, in terms of other initiatives, there, there are 38 possible initiatives uh, which cover a really broad uh, range. And it doesn't matter, matter whether you're an upland farmer, whether you're arable, whether you're a grassland farmer, there's something in it for everyone. One. And what's really important and the most impressive part of the scheme is one of the initiatives is called Farmer Initiatives, where the farmer themselves can suggest anything that has a ben benefit to agriculture, to the environment, um, or uh, to, to the nation as a whole. Uh, and, and that's such a great thing that because um, no one scheme will be applicable to every farm and all the circumstances of a certain farmer, uh, but but any farmer can recommend anything they like. So how do you think our farmers will adapt to these new changes? Obviously, they're so used to using the land for production and growing food, and especially now everything is change. How do you think they'll feel? Any new scheme, and of course, in the, the last decade or so, we've had lots of changes to farming support on the Isle of Man. So any new scheme is always going to be fraught with bureaucracy, with new paperwork, and it's going to take farmers a while to get their head around the scheme. Um, however... What this scheme is, it's not revolutionary, it's looking at lots of small little changes that a farmer can make on their farm, like restoring an old hedgerow or redigging a dub that's, that's silted up over time, uh, or even putting a couple of nest boxes out. And what Brian and Fiona are doing here today is just three days out of the farming calendar. That will give them a considerable income from this. So there's lots of small things. And we're not talking about a revolution in Manx agriculture. So, so farmers don't need to be scared of the new scheme. It will take them a while to get their head around it, and we absolutely recognise that. Uh, but there, there will be a delivery partner who's able to talk farmers through the scheme and make sure um, that they're comfortable with it. And it's also impo important to stress it's a voluntary scheme. So no farmer has to join this. It's only the farmers that feel comfortable. And if any farmer doesn't feel comfortable, they're more than welcome to contact the Manx Wildlife Trust and we'll explain them through it. Our wildlife adventure is going to start here in the barn. Now, old Manx barns like this one are really important special places for nature because if you look at them, can you see they've got broken windows, there's nooks and crannies, little holes in the wall, and these sparrows that you can hear, they have their nests inside this barn. And we've got something really special inside the barn. We've got some swallows. And these swallows are birds that spend their winter in Africa because they don't like our winter. They eat insects and we don't have many insects here in winter when it's cold and wet and rainy. But at this time of year, we have lots of insects. So they've flown all the way to the Isle of Man from Africa and they love places like this. A bit like we like to live in a house to keep us nice and warm and dry. They like to live in our barns for all those reasons. Their eggs and chicks can stay nice and warm and dry. So we're gonna go into the barn. Now when we go into the barn, you're gonna to get to see some nests up close. And if we're lucky, there might be some chicks in there. So I'll remind you just before we go in, but we need to whisper in there, okay? And we need to be really quiet. Is everyone okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, ready? Let's go. Has anyone noticed the scarecrows? Yeah, I saw it. 
So when Farmer Brian and Farmer Fiona plant their crops, there's lots of birds and there's one that has been flying around a lot today, a big black looking bird called a rook. And they really like to eat the seeds that the farmers are trying to sow to grow crops for us to eat. So those scarecrows go out in the fields and they're trying to scare away the rooks and the crows that will come and eat the seeds. So right now we're going to go into this barn and we've got a couple of swallows flying around that we'll look out for when we come back out. And I'm going to show you this nest. So just remember, quiet voices in here, okay? Okay, everyone, gather round. Come nice and close. Keep coming. Come nice and close. Okay, we've got a really special treat for you because what we've got here, there are two swallow nests. Now, a lot of you have seen already, there's a swallow nest in this corner right here. And if you look closely, can you see the little chicks? have just got their chins on the edge of the nest. So there's four little chicks in there and they're waiting for mummy and daddy to come and feed them. You might have heard mummy and daddy are outside making a noise and they're catching the insects that they're going to bring in here. And when they've got a beak full of insects, they'll come in, the chicks will wake up, they'll open their beaks nice and wide and they'll be like, feed me, feed me. Feed me, daddy, I just saw that one move. Yeah, so that, that one's awake. And you guys are so lucky that you're here now because those chicks are going to fly and leave the nest any day now. They're almost ready. But just over here, we have another nest. And this one is late. It still has got eggs inside. And the mummy or daddy are tucked away in there. They're keeping the eggs warm. And that's what's called incubation. By keeping them nice and warm, it allows the eggs to grow. And if you have a look, can you see the nest is made of mud? So the adults have flown around and they've found puddles or the edge of dubs or rivers and they've landed and they've collected mud in their beak and they've come and slapped it on the wall and made this nest. And just over here I've got a nest that I can show you from last year. Right. Gather around everyone, nice and close. So what I have here is one of the nests from last year that's disused and it fell off the wall but that's really good because we can see it up close and can you see how it's made of mud it's very dry now but it, when it was made it was wet mud that quickly dried and if i turn it up so you can see inside can you see there is a bed of dry grass because remember eggs are very fragile so they need to be laid on a nice soft surface and that hay the little grass in here helps keep the chicks nice and warm when they're born too and if i turn it around can you see how there's a nice protective wall all the way around it that's to stop the eggs rolling out or the chicks from being pushed out by their brothers and sisters how cool is that so we could we can touch this okay but you have to touch it one at a time and very gently because it's very fragile so you can feel it. the mud is dry and feel how soft the hay is. It's a very special little place for some baby birds. They are very creative and they've made this using all natural materials and all materials that were found here on the farm. I just think those little swallows we can see in the corner, in a couple of weeks they'll be flying around here, they'll be getting big and fully grown and they'll be soon ready to fly all the way to Africa. And they don't need to use an aeroplane like we do. <laughs> How cool is that, that they can fly to the other side of the world when they're just a couple of weeks old? That's the milking parlor. So that's where the cows get milk.
What do you guys think of the baby birds? They are cute. Did you see them peeping over? Yeah. They are cute. What did you see? The beaks. The beaks are peeking out. And do you think yeah. flying all the way to Africa is a long, long way? Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's a very right. long way, isn't it? And how have you enjoyed being on the farm today? Yeah. Good. It's cool, fun. Really enjoyed it? Yeah, you yeah. can learn a lot. And would you come again? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. How did you enjoy it? Good. Really good. Boys, do you enjoy it? Yeah. yeah. Tractor the best part? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Girls, what was your best part? The tractor. The tractor. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All the little cows and those little lambs and they're so cute. Excellent. Anyway, well, we better carry on with our tour. Well, today, Brian, your farmer, Brian, to many of these children, what a couple of days you've had here at Ballacolingan. Yeah, well, we've been fortunate to have about 180 children through the farm in the last three days. Um, been a pleasure to work with most of them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but to open your farm up Brian I know that you do the campsite silly moves and it's been a great diversification for yourself and Fiona but how has it been to be the other side of it now educating the younger generation of what you love you know farming and agriculture yeah it's something we've got to engage more in uh, we we produce as farmers these products and uh, we've got to educate the children and hope they take it with them into buying Manx products and what we produce and why they should buy Manx products um, and in that you know we're working over the last three days with Manx Wildlife Trust and so there's the, the wildlife aspect of it on the island and the picturesque of the island the small fields we work with and hedgerows and all that comes into it and is a reason for people to buy Manx products. And how do you find the new agro-environmental scheme will be uh, taken up by the farmers? Because, like I said to David, change is always quite difficult. Yeah, uh, and it, it is a change. We did have the agro-environment scheme uh, for a few farms, which back in 2008 it finished. Um, and that was supposed to be expanded out, but finances weren't available. And I think it's good to have it back. Um, at the end of the day, it is public money that is helping farm businesses. And we all know that the talk at the moment is environment and climate change and everything. And it's something we've got to be involved in. And how has yourself and uh, Fiona received it? Because obviously you're here talking to the children yourselves. You've had no other education to deliver sessions. Has it been uh, daunting? It's been educational. <laughs> uh, you, you learn as you go. You, you have a, we have a basic plan of what we want to talk about and what we want to ex try to explain to the kids. Then questions come up and you think, oh, that, that was a good question. I'll include that next time I talk to some because that was relevant. And other bits get dropped as you go because there doesn't seem to be any interest or uptake on it. So, yeah, we're, we're learning and gaining knowledge ourselves all the time. Yeah. And I suppose this year with the pandemic, your diversification with the campsites has been well, without visitors. It's been very hard. You're obviously looking for other ways to earn money and, and this is available. Yeah, this is available. It's, it's one of the threads of the, uh, it's under the educational section of the new ADS and tied in with the agri-environment scheme. So 
Um, as everybody knows, the basic payments have been reduced and um, we need to get involved in some of these things to maintain our income or even boost our income. Uh, so. Yep. How do you find, um, or how do you think farmers will find this? Do you think that they'll adapt and change, or is it not for everyone? I hope they will. I mean, that there is glimmers of hope uh, just on the pure farming side with the current uplifting prices being received, and and hopefully, you know, the pure farming side in an ideal world would stand on its own with no uh, government financial help at all to keep to keep it all going whether that you know the current situation is short term or whether it'll be longer term you know crystal ball gazing <laughs> but um, yeah I think all farmers would prefer the pure agricultural bit just to be financially viable on its own with no no help uh, from government so if we can move to a situation like that, yeah, the government help then can go on other areas. Um, and as we say, you know, environment, carbon, climate change, they're, they're all the relevant topics and they're not going to go away. They're, they're here to stay. That was David Bellamy, the conservation officer for the Manx Wildlife Trust and Brian Brumby, the farm owner at Ballacalingan. Well, it sounds as though uh, it's, it's something that's changed a few times over recent years, so I suppose people have got to get their heads around it and what's best to do. It's chopping and changing. It's always hard change, mm. and how agriculture has been going this last while is uh, a lot more down the, the green environmental road, and uh, with the pandemic, it's really reiterated how important local food supply is. And um, I think as much as there's change coming, there's still a massive focus on the food supply and uh, farmers won't come away from that anytime soon. But just little bits and pieces that we can change and alter. Um, it's always nice to keep an eye on wildlife. At the end of the day, without the bees, we don't have very much and we have to look after them in the diminishing numbers that's happening around the world. And, and other small birds, you know, the numbers are dropping, aren't they? They are indeed. Plenty of droppings. <laughs> You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, last year, or was it the year before? I can't honestly remember. But we went along to a house up towards the Jerby Church at Jerby West in the north of the Isle of Man. And Craig Brinkley, who was running the Snaefell Garden Services, uh, actually did a lot of work and a lot of alterations to his own garden and opened up for the general public to raise money for charity. Well, this year he's doing it again on the 24th and 25th of this month and I popped along to have a look to see how things were going and had a chat with Craig and put it to him is it a worrying or exciting time for the two days coming ahead a bit both um, it's going to be rewarding uh, just doing two charities this time two days right and of course this is the second year I think you've done this um, being into the the garden and yourself and you thought well uh, was will put my skills to the, to the public and make use of it and raise money for charity as well. That's the idea originally last year, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, but I've given up gardening as a career, uh, gone into something completely different. 
Well, that'll be a bit of a, a bit of an eye opener then, will it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. But obviously, it's kept you physically fit over these years. Maybe too much for not too much reward, is it? Uh, just have it. I just want the work-life balance a bit better. Yeah. Uh, we're having a three and a half acre garden. It takes a lot of looking after. Yeah, three and a half acres. That's a, a fair amount. Now, I was here last year ahead of your 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 open weekend and. Wow, there's, there's been a lot of growth. There's some high grass here. Is it is it sort of rye grass? I don't know what it is. It's called uh, Calamagrostis carforester. Uh, it's about double the height it was last year, which is nice to see. I think it's because we've had so much rain in the winter. Yeah, and what else have you done? You had um, bits and pieces to obviously uh, big motorcycle fans yourself and um, you, you've still kept that theme in places because that's part of the charities as well, I think. Yep, uh, we've got the tyre from Tom Whedon out the front with the three legs this time. Um, I've added a few more different plants this year. I've planted hedging this year. We've got a f bit more longer grass, uh, which makes it a bit more interesting. The unique part about this garden is that you, you come into it and you think, oh, it's, it's a very nice garden here. You look beyond it, you've got the wood here behind you, uh, the various little sheds and fences, all with their little characteristics and something hidden that we'll talk about uh, a little bit later. But, I mean, how long has it taken you to get it how you want? Is this how you want it now, Craig? Um. Or, or, you, or gardeners <laughs> never happy? Uh, some gardeners are never happy. <laughs> There's a few little tweaks I want to make, um, but the whole concept of what we've got here now is here to stay. I've made the pond bigger than last year, um, and it looks really well, really well. Um, and what about the, the, is it difficult to, I suppose it's a sort of artistry and, and talent that you can sit back and go, I think a nice violet-coloured plant will go there or, or, or a pink one there. Is that a sort of art to it as well? There is, and I wanted a bit more height variation in it this year, which I think I've achieved. It's not completely fully there yet because the plants aren't to their maximum height. They will be in a couple of weeks' time. Um, it just adds so you can't see round things and it makes you want to wander and the plants are actually repeated so it links the whole garden so you'll see them in one patch somewhere and then you'll see them in a different patch the other uh, somewhere else yeah because i i've been to a lot of open gardens where you know villages have them and you go from garden to garden a lot of them have uh, the, the lovely neat garden you know with the pretty flowers yeah. the other one will be more sort of wilder you've managed to create a bit of everything in yours, Craig? A bit of both. Mm -hmm. it, it, the main idea for it is wildlife. Uh, lots of bees, butterflies, dragonflies we have, frogs in the pond, got goldfish in the pond, various birds. Um, what we got magpies, missile thrush, wagtail, uh, goldfinch, lots of goldfinch, nesting, um, robin, uh, the lean... Uh, down tree that I call it has actually had a robin in the base of it nesting really? and giving birth this year. Well, yeah, that's just the exciting part of it, isn't it? Where you're encouraging things to to breed and, yeah. and make themselves feel feel welcome, really. In it, you know, you've got the wood there. It's quite a few trees in that, and that's got a 
It's like walking into a, a little mini forest as well. It's a bit like Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have at night time about 30 pheasants come through every single evening and roost in our trees. Good soundproofing in the house. <laughs> they're, they're quite noisy, especially if something spooks them. But other things, you've got your, your vegetable patch here as well. You've yeah. got a few vegetables. Um, but the, the unique thing I mentioned at the start, you've got one of the, I suppose, one of the preserved um, bunkers that were used to, to protect the airfield during the, the wartime training. Yeah, the World War II pillbox. Mm. When we had the storms last year, uh, me and my partner actually stood on the top watching the storm come over the mountain. Really? That was, that was something special. And the sunsets at night time we watch from there yeah and just a cup of tea cup of coffee dangling our feet off the edge it's yeah. lovely yeah but it, it is a real sight to see and um just just talk about why you've done it and what you're raising money for uh, i'm raising money this year for um isle of man air ambulance like i did last year but i'm also going to do it for gry which is a homeless shelter charity that provides emergency uh, night shelter for homeless um, pe people from 18 upwards um, it's it's needed uh, it doesn't get spoke about over here homelessness and it needs to um, there is a lot of people that need help uh, I've done a few uh, volunteering shifts uh, did a night shift just to get an idea of what it's like um, it's rewarding um, but there is people that need help and uh, the open weekend, it is, Saturday and the Sunday? Yes, yeah, Saturday the 24th and Sunday the 25th, 10am till 4pm. Right, as, as long as they're going to Jerby Church, they won't be yeah. able to miss it. Will they be able to park somewhere up here? Yeah, I'm going to open our paddock up. Um, there'll be signage to direct you to the paddock. This makes it easier because last year it was so busy. The uh, lane was actually chock-a-block mm. with, with cars even past the crossroads. So if they come up here nearly to the church on the left, they'll they'll find a parking space. Yep. So not need to park on the verges. No. And again, admissions free, is it? It's but free. donations for the charities. Yep, just donation. Whatever you give, it all goes to the two charities that need it. Uh, do, do people need to bring their flask with them to sit on the top of the the, the bunker or not? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, we're going to have uh, people making cakes, homemade cakes. Uh, we're going to be offering teas, cold drinks and coffees. Well, I'd... it's a fantastic uh, thing you're doing and uh, I'm sure it'll be um, bigger and better success than last year, if it can match it. I hope so. I hope, I hope we raise more. We raised uh, just over £1,700 last year. Wow. Well done. Thank you. Greg Wrinkley there opening his garden on the 24th and 25th of July uh, on the Saturday and Sunday open from 10 till 4 o'clock. Wonderful idea to raise money for them charities. Everybody loves to get out in the garden, don't they? And flowers in abundance at this time of year. The colour just cheers you right up. And what better way to raise money? It's just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I'm not going to open mine up just yet. It's not quite ready for the public. <laughs> but anyway, um, we're back next Tuesday with more. Don't forget, if you've got anything for uh, Countryside, please leave a message for Kiri Kermode or Simon Clark here at Manx Radio and we'll get back to you. Or you can uh, send an email to countryside at manxradio.com. But we'll leave it there for this week. We're back next Tuesday at 6. So until then, from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kiri Kermode. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>